Hey guys, just a quick note before we begin here. My guest Zach Pearson and I did not know that Justin Fields was going to for sure be the starter on Sunday against the Browns when we recorded this. The official news came out after the fact. So as you'll hear, we assumed that that would be the case, but didn't know for sure. So that will explain some of what you hear ahead. But otherwise, enjoy this preview of Browns Bears. Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, and joining me for this week's game preview is Zach Pearson, publisher of TheBearReport.com and a fellow Blue Wire podcaster here on the Blue Wire Network. So, Zach, how are you doing ahead of this week three matchup? Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, you know, week three is already here. I can't believe it. I... It feels like yesterday we were at training camp, getting ready for the season. Now we're already into week three. So, yeah, I'm excited. Things definitely move quickly in the NFL, you know, even two weeks in. And I know you know that better than anybody, given the fact that, you know, there's not a lot of patience anymore. And that's especially evident in Chicago with the the clamors for Justin Fields. I know a lot of people listening to this podcast have also been following that situation closely because many Browns fans are Ohio State fans. I'm in the Chicago area, so I hear all about uh, the clamors for fields as well. But let's start with what happened in, in the game last week. Andy Dalton gets injured, and, and that paves way for fields. But then Matt Nagy said this week that if Dalton's healthy, he would be the starter. So what's the latest with Andy Dalton, and what do you expect in terms of his status on Sunday? Yeah, so it, it was kind of weird because, um, you know, Matt Nagy kind of dodged the question at first um, at his press conference and then had a PR person come in and kind of clarify it for us after he was talking. Um, and, you know, he meant to say that Andy Dalton is the starter if he's healthy. However, you know, I don't know if Andy Dalton's going to be ready on Sunday. Um, the Bears really haven't made anything official yet. There was a report from Ian Rappaport that he avoided the ACL tier, which is certainly great news for Andy Dalton. Um, but the thing is in Chicago is Matt Nagy doesn't really speak until Thursday. So he speaks Monday and Thursday. So we really won't know anything game wise until probably Thursday afternoon, Friday afternoon, my best guess, um, depending on kind of like the reports that are flying out there of what's really the injury for Andy Dalton, which apparently is a bone bruise. Um, I wouldn't expect Andy Dalton to start on Sunday. I'd be a little shocked if he did. I think it's going to be Justin Fields' first start. And then we're kind of talking uh, you know, about if it is Justin Fields first start, do you ever hand it back over to Andy Dalton? And I'm kind of in the boat where I think if Fields is starting Sunday and he gets another start the following week, if he plays well in both those games, I don't think you can go back to Andy Dalton at all. It certainly would be tough, I think, given the, the pressure from the fan base, which has already, uh, you know, been there, uh, I think, mm -hmm. to some degree. But I, I I would be starting Justin Fields, you know, for the future, right? That that would be the idea of this team. I think, you know, Matt Nagy may be feeling differently because his job is on the line here with, with Andy Dalton. So he may feel that Dalton gives the, the Bears a better chance to win. Do you see it the same way? You know, if you're a Browns fan, uh, you know, looking at the news reports on Thursday afternoon, Friday, are you hoping that Andy Dalton plays? Or are you hoping that, that Justin Fields is making that first start? Man, that's tough because... The Andy Dalton that we got to see play a full game 
was the, the game plan was a little different in week one against Los Angeles. For whatever reason, Matt Nagy just wanted everything short. Um, the, the Rams said, all right, take everything underneath. You're not taking any deep shots. And for whatever reason, Matt Nagy kind of played into that. I mean, they had one passing attempt with Andy Dalton over 15 yards in that week one loss. Week two, the first try that Dalton was in, a lot better. They converted like two third downs. He had two attempts of over 15 yards. Um, one was a completion. One should have been a completion with those pass interference. So it was kind of looking like Andy Dalton was getting to a rhythm a little bit. He was connecting with Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney, uh, Marquise Goodwin as well. But that's all we really got to see because then he got hurt on the next drive. So if I'm a Browns fan, essentially, I don't think there is a, you know, it's kind of tough. I, I'd say I don't think there's a, a, a bad scenario for them because I do think this Browns defense probably would have the advantage against Andy Dalton just because of the game plan. And then also you have to kind of be looking at your chops. You have a rookie quarterback, no matter how good Justin Fields is actually going to be, that's making his first start. And typically, you know, outside of what Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, not many rookie quarterbacks have found success in their first start. I mean, some have won games that they haven't really looked flashy. So from a Browns perspective, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, uh, but I can kind of see the case, you know, for both quarterbacks because, if Matt Nagy goes with that game plan again and doesn't want to test the, the Brown secondary, it's going to look a lot like um, week one because, I mean, we saw what Aaron O'Donnell can do. Miles Garrett is a game wrecker as well, and the Bears just don't match up well with game wreckers on defensive lines, you know, for opposing teams. Do you think that, uh, that Nagy will open things up a bit more with fields uh, in, in the downfield passing game, uh, given, you know, that's – more what his strength was coming out of college? I certainly hope so. Um, you know, I, I think all offseason, being at those practices and stuff, we saw a lot more deep shots in practices from Andy Dalton and from Justin Fields compared to what I saw four years of Mitch Trubisky and even last year between Trubisky and Foles. So early on, that told us that the Bears wanted to take more shots down the field, no matter who was the quarterback. Um, in terms of Justin Fields, Matt Nagy said, you know, that the whole playbook was available to him on Sunday, which is a great sign because a couple of weeks ago it was, well, we think he's ready, but we're going to kind of hold him back a little bit. You know, he's still got to learn some things. I think they will. I think the whole playbook will be open. Um, I think they will start to take some deep shots. And I think they're in a way comfortable with him taking the shots because the best way for a rookie quarterback to learn is to make those mistakes. And, and he made a mistake against Cincinnati that almost cost him the game. You know, he didn't really read the linebacker and covered and threw it right to him. So I think Nagy is actually comfortable with him having the full playbook, taking those shots, because, you know, if it is picked off and he does have a rough game, he gets to at least learn from him because they, they really believe that he can be a top five quarterback in that, you know, at house hall. They, they think he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So I don't think they'd have any training wheels or anything on him at all on Sunday. That's interesting to me that that's music to my ears as a Browns fan. I'm, I'm a huge believer in Justin Fields. I, I went to Northwestern. I grew up in Ohio state country. I saw tons and tons of Justin Fields in college. And I did not understand how people thought, you know, Zach Wilson was going to be a better pro than him. Frankly, I, I didn't really see how people thought anybody, but, but Trevor Lawrence was going to be a better pro than him. That being said, Fields got to hold the ball a long time at Ohio State. And you're seeing that so far uh, in what I have seen of him in the pros. And that means Miles Garrett's going to have time to get home. Jadavion Clowney's going to have time to get home. 
And I could see a lot of, of issues coming there for Fields if Matt Nagy is going to open up the full playbook. I'm just I, – I was a, a Matt Nagy defender for a long time, but I just don't trust him to craft a, a tailored game plan around Fields at the end of the day. So to me, I hear that the, the full playbook's open, and I, I could see Fields having a rough day at the office against this Browns defense. Yeah. And, you know, you're not the only one that really doesn't trust Matt Nagy either. Um, just hop on Twitter during a Bears game and you'll see it all over the place. And, it, and a lot of the criticism is deserved. You know, he deserves it. Um, I'll point back even, you know, against Cincinnati, the Bears had a drive kind of going with fields in there. They were moving the ball. They got past midfield. And then for whatever reason, he has, Matt Nagy has a tendency to do this. He goes with like these weird, like outside zone runs that just, they never work in Chicago for whatever reason under his offense. Um, or they'll do like a, a jet sweep or like a quick screen. I think he ran like a screen in a, in a, an outside zone run. Um, and then it got like negative, you know, they were down like eight yards <laughs> they ended up being like a third and 15 or whatever it was. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would probably trust Justin Fields more to make the throws than I would trust Matt Nagy to scheme a good game plan against the Browns. But I mean, you're right. I mean, if I'm Cleveland secondary, you know, either matchup, I, I'd be, you know, kind of licking my chops and thinking I have the advantage, no matter if it's if it's full or um, God, not fools, uh, Dalton or Fields. False. That was that would be quite the surprise. Oh man. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but let, let, let's flip to the other side. Let, you know, give me the optimistic bear, uh, Bears view here. How do you think this team can be successful against the Browns with Dalton Warfields in the line? Uh, they got to lean on that run game. You know, David Montgomery had a big day against the Rams in week one. He was kind of shut down a little bit. I think he had like 58 yards rushing in week two. They couldn't really get him going on the ground. I would say, you know, lean on your run game, um, kind of set things up and, and trust your receivers. You know, Allen Robinson is a really good wide receiver. Um, uh, number one wide receiver in my eyes that I don't think it's talked about enough. Um, he seemed kind of frustrated when we got to talk to him today. I don't know if that was, you know, the game plan last week. He, he did have a catch, but he also had a big drop and a long touchdown. It would have been a long touchdown for Justin Fields. I mean, Fields put that ball right in the money and Robinson flat out dropped it. So I would kind of, you know, trust my veterans up front on the line. Um, they have an experienced offensive line that's actually played better than what many expected. Going into this season, the offensive line was the biggest question mark for the Bears on offense outside of, you know, quarterback maybe. And they've actually played pretty well, especially both tackles and, in, in, you know, the ageless wonder, uh, Jason Peters and Jermaine Effetti, who kind of switched over to the right side. I would, you know, lean on that run game. I would kind of make, you know, give Fields some quick, easy throws, get them into a rhythm early on, then kind of start to open it up. This just kind of feels like a game where when I looked at it, the line was, I think it's like eight and a half or seven and a half, depending on where you get it from in favor of Cleveland. Um, I thought that was just a tad bit high. I would probably would have put it like five and a half area for the bears to win. It feels like a game where they're going to need a defensive touchdown, a special teams touchdown, something like that, no matter how good fields plays, because right now the bears aren't built to, to win shootouts. And I haven't watched a lot of Cleveland this year. I did watch week one against the uh, chiefs and I kind of had my eye on their, their game on Sunday while the bears were still playing. They've put up a lot of points so far in both games. I don't think the Bears are in a position where they can win a shootout just yet. I agree with you on that for sure. And, and you brought up a couple of key points there that I want to circle back to. For me, I, I would be surprised if the Bears can run the football effectively against the Browns. The Browns struggled to stop the run last year. 
but Malik McDowell in the middle uh, has really changed this defensive front uh, there. I think uh, Jeremiah Wusakoromoa has been flying around the field at the linebacker position. You mentioned it, though, getting Robinson and Montgomery in space, that's where I could see the Browns struggling. I think Denzel Ward had a bit of a struggle uh, last week against the Texans. He's a guy that, that most Browns fans and I think most people around the league would consider a top 10 corner, but he did not have a good start uh, last week. And Montgomery against some of the Browns linebackers, I think could have a field day too, because they're banged up in, in the linebacking core. But in general, I uh, uh, that offensive line versus the defensive line, if it's a lot of straight dropbacks, I think that's where Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney get back on track after not having any sacks last week and could really wreak some havoc. And you know what's kind of crazy too is, you know, I mentioned the offensive line was kind of the biggest question mark um, and specifically both tackle spots. Like no one trusted the tackle spots. When Tevin Jenkins found out that he had a back injury and he wasn't going to, you know, start the year healthy, they went out and got Jason Peters. And, and it, the kind of tone was like, oh man, kind of as a Band-Aid. And then you had Jermaine Fetty. Actually the Bears weakness up front, and I'm, I'm glad you bring up um, uh, Malik Modal because Sam Mustard for the center has really struggled. And he was a guy a lot of people thought were going to take the next step. And if you watch the Rams game, I mean, the Bears for the most part, you know, you never can do a great job on Aaron Donald. It's just not going to happen. I don't care who you have on your offensive line. They did a, a decent job on him where he just totally couldn't wreck a game like we've seen him in the past. Um, but they also struggled giving up pressures too. And, you know, against Cincinnati, you know, the Bengals don't have the game records like Cleveland does in Clowney and, and Miles Garrett. So I'll be interested to see how these two tackles kind of, um, you know, match up with, with the Browns pass rush because they did a good job, you know, against the Rams with Leonard Floyd. They, he didn't really get anything going against them. But like you said, I mean, the Browns strength for me, you know, as an outside observer, I, I think of Clowney, I think of Garrett on the edge, things like that. And, you know, We'll see if they can get by the Bears tackles. I would say that the Browns probably have the advantage in that area. I think for the Bears to be successful, you know, they might have to beat the Browns in that secondary. And, and you know, outside of three kill, probably Allen Robbins is the best wide receiver that, that Ward faced so far this year. So that'll be a kind of a fun matchup. And then Darnell Mooney's another player to watch too. He's a guy going in his second year who uh, they love in Chicago. He, he's made big strides in the offseason. Fantastic rookie year here. Um, so yeah, I'll be kind of interested to see how the bears exactly test that secondary, maybe some quick throws so that Clowney and Garrett can't just pin their ears back and get to fields. We'll see. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what Matt Nagy's, um, you know, game plan is going to be for that. Yeah. Again, I think the thing that makes me optimistic as a Browns fan is the strength of fields or, you know, is that drop back longer type throw, but I think number one, Garrett's speed on the outside is going to give Jason Peters some trouble. Peters has looked pretty good through the first couple of weeks for sure. You mentioned in that Rams game, I thought he performed admirably given his age and how quickly he returned to action. I think they said, you know, he was like fishing a couple of weeks before the <laughs> yeah. season and then had to get himself in game shape. But I, I think he's going to have a huge test in Garrett. And then you mentioned the center, Mustafa has really struggled. He's the lowest graded player or PFF wise on the offensive line, which isn't gospel per se, but when it stands out that starkly where he's a 40 overall with a 42 passing and 39 rushing grade, that's when, you know, you know, those outliers is when you can really get a good sense on PFF of, Hey, this person's really not performing up to snuff. 
McDowell, as I said, could be a huge factor in this game. Malik Jackson, the veteran, hasn't gotten a ton going so far, but he's a guy that put a lot of pressure on the quarterback last season. I think it's that Browns defensive line that really protects them at the end of the day in this game and is why I'm optimistic in general about the Browns' chances in this one. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, and, and you know, I think you could also look at it this way. I would agree 100% with you in that. I think the Browns have the advantage in the trenches on that side for sure. I, I you know, I, as, as good as Jason Peters has played, as good as Jermaine Fetty's played, I'm still taking, you know, the Browns edge rushers. I'm still taking them up front. And if you flip on the other side, I, you can make the argument, I think the Bears defensive line probably has the advantage over the Browns offensive line, uh, especially what we've seen in Cleo Mack and, and Robert Quinn so far this year. Akeem Hicks has just been on another level again. He's a very underrated player. I think one of the keys could be if they get Eddie Goldman back because he's missed the first two weeks. He's dealing with a knee injury that kind of popped up out of nowhere. Um, and the bears have played well on defensive line without him so far. So it's been kind of the other areas um, of their defense that's really hurt them. So it's kind of interesting to look at it from that way, like which defensive line will you know be more dominant and which offensive line will, you know, not suck as much in this game. So it's kind of interesting to look at it from that aspect as well. Absolutely. And let's go there because I think that's the key matchup on, on the, on the other side of the football is now, I don't know if I would go as far to say if the, the, the Bears deep line would have an, an advantage over this Browns offensive line, just because I think the Browns offensive line is, is a top three unit. And frankly, when healthy, maybe the best unit in the NFL, that being said, they're not healthy. Uh, the uh, left tackle, Jed Wills, played last week but was extremely limited with an ankle injury Chris Hubbard his backup was unavailable so they were down to their third string tackle Blake Hance later in that game was really a guard but played tackle in college at Northwestern so he kicked out there that I, I that's all you have to say really is you're talking about a third string left tackle versus a guy in Khalil Mack who's still one of the very best pass rushers in the league you go look at his pass rush win rights from last year you know his pressures they're still right up there in the top five he that's on one side of the ball on the other side of of the line Jack Conklin who was an absolute beast for the Browns last year has quietly struggled a little bit in some pass protection situations so he's also going to have his hands full I think that's where you know the Browns fans are very accustomed to this offensive line dominating I'm not sure that's going to be the case against the Bears on Sunday. Yeah, and the thing, you know, it's also Cleo Mack, you mentioned it. 
Um, I think that the book's kind of out what teams are trying to do with him. Um, you know, if you are down alignment or if you're not really strong on either side of your tackles, um, you're going to bring extra help. You're going to have a tight end or running back, try to chip Khalil Mack, get another body on him so you can't disrupt the game. We've seen that. And we've also seen Khalil Mack just go through both players and kind of get to the quarterback. I think that's really going to be the key. Uh, you know, I think Akeem Hicks could win his matchups up front. Um, you know, the Browns offensive line in the interior is pretty damn good too. So, Akeem Hicks is a guy that, that, you know, you have to account for. And if Eddie Goldman is playing, you know, you can't really put that much more attention onto Akeem Hicks rather, you know, the other way if, if Goldman isn't playing. So yeah, there'll be something to watch for as well. And I think it might actually come down, you know, Cleo Mack and Robert Quinn against those tackles. And if Robert Quinn, you know, he really struggled last year um, in his first year with the bears, but so far through two games, he's got two sacks or, or a sack and a half. He's got like four or five pressures on the quarterback and he's kind of found himself in the backfield, you know, more often than not um, than he did last year. That's a positive sign, you know, a, a weakness for the bears though, looking at that defense is the secondary outside of Jalen Johnson, um, you know, Eddie Jackson had a much better game last week against the Bengals. And Deshaun Gibson has kind of been just, eh, he's just been there, you know, not awful, not really good. But the Browns with that passing attack, and, and I know Jarvis Landry's hurt. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they're expecting Odell back this week. That That's the early indications that they were aiming for week three, not confirmed yet, but you would suspect, especially with Landry uh, heading to the IR, that, that Odell Beckham would be back for this game. Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, the Bears secondary outside of Dylan Johnson, you know, that nickel spot and that DB two spot are very vulnerable. And I was actually shocked that the, the, the Bengals targeted Jalen Johnson as much as they did for whatever reason it was, instead of going after, I mean, they went after Kendall Vildor and they went after Duke Shelley, but it's kind of felt like it's like, why are they even throwing at Jalen Johnson's side when you can put, you know, T Higgins or chase or Boyd, you can move them around, match them up against Vildor and Shelley and kind of win and it seemed like every time they did that, they were winning those battles. And for whatever reason, they just kept on going back to Jalen Johnson. So I think that's something the Browns are going to look at on tape, um, you know, especially with a quarterback like Baker Mayfield who could beat you through the air. I think the Browns will probably have the advantage in that. It might depend, though, which Eddie Jackson actually shows up. If he's the Eddie Jackson that's going all pro level, like we kind of got hints of last week, it might be tough to beat them deep. But if he's the one we saw in, in week one against the Rams, Man, there's an opportunity there for the Browns to have a really good aerial attack against the secondary. So for for Jalen Johnson, does he typically stay on one side of the field? He's been an absolutely fantastic from what I've seen at Bears games so far, but is he typically chained to one side of the field? Um, so last year he pretty much was just because Kyle Fuller was Kyle Fuller wouldn't guard the left. He was always on the right side. Um, this year I'd have to go back and look. I believe he's had a couple reps. Um, on another side, um, I want to say he's been primarily on the right, um, but he, I don't think he's a guy, you know, he, don't, he doesn't care, honestly. I think he can play both sides and he will um, when they ask him to do that type of stuff. Coming out of college, he, he said he could play, he's comfortable playing both sides. So I don't know if they're at the point right now where he's a lockdown corner and they just want to put him on the one side. We haven't really gotten there yet, but the steps he's taken so far have been a good sign moving forward. I will be focused intently on, on that on the game Sunday because the Browns, for all of their depth at receiver, they're counting out some young guys here, especially without Landry. Odo Beckham Jr. is the veteran. And if he plays, is Jalen Johnson going to follow him around the field? Because if not, you mentioned the other guys, you know, Kendall Bildor, 
Duke Shelley in the slot. I mean, they those guys have have gotten taken advantage of uh, from what I've seen of, of the Bears. And you, if you're a Browns fan, you would have to be licking your chops, Odell Beckham Jr. in any matchup against those two. Yeah, I, I think we'll actually see Odell, you know, try to line up, maybe line up um, going up against Duke Shelley, going up against Kendall Vilder as much as the Browns can. Um, you know, in comparison, over the past two years, we've watched, you know, the Packers line up someone like Devontae Adams in the slot to get that mismatch. And it's worked out very well. Other teams have done it like, uh, I want to say it was against the Cowboys a couple of years ago. They, they just kind of match up Cooper wherever the weak corners were. I think the Browns are probably looking at that and saying, how can we get, you know, someone like Odell on Duke Shelley or, or on uh, Kendall Vilder? I don't expect Jalen to kind of follow him around um, the whole game. I think he'll kind of just stay a little bit more on that right side. And if the Browns are smart, I mean, they, they try to, you know, find those mismatches with Odell on the younger guys because, man, their slot position through two weeks, they've had two different guys in the slot. And it's been Marquis Christian and Duke Shelley. And neither of them have, really showing you anything that's that's okay they actually got a lockdown and then Vilder's played you know he's had flashes where he's played well but nothing yet like like the slot where you're like okay you're comfortable with having him as your db2 that's an area that i would expect the browns to take advantage of too in the slot anthony schwartz i think will be the guy that that focuses primarily there jarvis landry of course usually takes a lot of reps for the browns and then another guy to watch out for is is uh, dimitri felton a rookie sixth round draft pick out of UCLA. He was a running back in college. He has run a lot of routes out of the slot and he has caused mayhem both in the preseason and on a touchdown play against the Texans. I think both of those guys could have some big play opportunities there. And Higgins will get some work on the outside. Donovan Peoples-Jones will get some work on the outside too against that second corner spot for the Bears. But I would be thinking, the, the, the Browns receivers haven't done a ton in these first two games. It's been a lot to the tight ends. In this game, I think the, the slot receivers and if Odell Beckham is not being followed around by Shalen Johnson, I think those guys could be primed for massive games. As I think the Browns are going to keep some tight ends in a little bit more as protection for those tackles, and I expect much bigger games out of this receiving core. Yeah, it'll be kind of interesting to see what the Bears, you know, do to kind of scheme um, in terms of stopping the Browns offense. I think Sean Desai in week one, they had three really bad busted coverages. Like, you know, all three led the touchdowns. Um, it was pretty much a difference in the game. And they looked lost. They looked like a freshman high school team in their first day of practice. Who's got who back there? They could not figure it out. Week two, they actually looked a little bit better. And Sean Desai disguised some blitzes. Um, he was doing some kind of crazy things where not crazy, but he'd do, he'd do things where he'd put Cleo Mack and Robert Quinn on the same side for a couple of plays and stunt one of them. And it, it led to a sack and a pressure. Um, he had a keen Hicks standing up on one play. He'll kind of throw those things at you um, and try to fool the offense into who's coming, who's, who's coming on the blitz. And it's worked. I mean, Roquan Smith went untouched against Joe Burrow on a very nice blitz design. So I think for the bears, you know, with that secondary, what's the best way, you know, to help your weak secondary, getting to the quarterback, getting pressures, getting sacks. If they can do that, I, I would feel a little bit better about the secondary, but to be honest, I can't, I'm, I'm not feeling good outside of Jalen Johnson, um, you know, going into this matchup. And then you mentioned the tight ends, you know, I'm going to see if they'll have an opportunity to get Austin Hooper or someone like that out on Alec Ogletree. Um, he's kind of struggled in pass coverage. 
he's been fine in run support. Um, and then Roquan Smith, I mean, he's playing again at an all pro level, but he is beatable in pass coverage. He's not like he's a lockdown defender in pass coverage. So we kind of interested to see how this whole thing schemed up from both sides. I do think this is a, a more more of a question mark uh, on, on this side of the football, even though the Browns offense has been extremely consistent and the defense hasn't been through the yeah. first two weeks. I actually think this is a get right game for the defense and a much bigger test for the offense, because as you mentioned, they probably need to scheme ways to avoid Roquan, Roquan Smith to, to attack Ogletree. But at the same time, they're going to have to, you know, there is definitely going to have to be some cases where they're keeping the tight ends in to help out the tackles. I think that's a heavyweight matchup in the trenches. I wouldn't be shocked to see the Bears, you know, cause some problems for this offense with their pressure at, at times. I think they are one of the defensive lines that can win against the Browns. And like I mentioned, I'm expecting some of these rookies that have shown flashes to do well, but you're counting on rookies at the end of the day, right? You know, Anthony Schwartz yep. stopped a route against the Texans. That caused an interception, a miscommunication there with him and Baker Mayfield. And Donovan Peoples-Jones has, has put the ball on the turf a couple times so far in the first couple weeks. So these are guys that have, have shown lots of flashes uh, at the next level and have been great depth pieces for the Browns early in the season. But Jarvis Landry is Baker Mayfield's safety blanket in the receiving court. There's no doubt. And that part is taken away on Sunday for sure. Yeah, and I would agree with you too. Uh, you know, I think, like I said, I mean, this is kind of feels like a game where the Bears are going to need a defensive touchdown or kind of a special teams touchdown to win. Um, if Landry is playing, man, I would probably bet the house on his reception number as receiving yards because they're not going to have Dylan Johnson really following him, with him lining up in the slot and things like that. The one thing, though, that would worry me if I'm if I'm a Bears fan and their defense, the Bears haven't seen a rushing attack like this yet. And, you know, they saw Darrell Henderson in week one, barely anything of Sonny Michelle. Um, and Henderson, you know, just kind of a normal back, nothing like fancy. Last week they saw Joe Mixon, a, a kind of a more dynamic back. And, you know, they, I think they did a really good job on Joe Mixon. The problem this week is you kind of have Nick Chubb, your, your big bruiser back that – you know, can break away for touchdowns, really good running back. And then you have Kareem Hunt, kind of a quicker back as well. So it'll be interesting to see if the Bears can kind of stand, you know, Chubb rushing at them and then, you know, a change of pace back type in Kareem Hunt. In the past, they really haven't done well with two-headed, you know, rushing attacks like that. Um, teams have given them fits before. If they can't stop the run up the middle and slow down both backs, it could be a very, very long day for their defense up front. Well, you stole my last point because I was <laughs> I was going to mention that is that the, the Bears have held up very well uh, against the run so far this year. But the Browns, uh, I think it was lost in the Texans game a little bit because the storyline was, you know, Terod Taylor got hurt. The, the, the Texans were giving the Browns some problems before that. But in the second half, the Browns offense bludgeoned the Texans defense with the run game. They really just leaned on them hard with Nick Chubb with Kareem Hunt, and I would expect that they are going to test this Bears defense a lot more than they've been testing the first two weeks. Now, on the flip side of things, if you're a Bears fan, you're saying, well, they were pretty good against the run last year. I think they were they were fifth, and if you look at PFF, and if you look at, at just their, their rush yards allowed, you know, the standard metrics as well, they, they were fifth in both categories. So they historically have been pretty good, but I, I do think this is a different level of test coming their way. Yeah, and, and you know, I keep going back to it. If, if Eddie Goldman can't play, I don't know if he will. It, it, they haven't practiced yet. 
um, you know, it might be a bigger struggle because he's like their key clog up front. He's a guy that, you know, gets it done in the trenches. But when I think of this Browns attack, it's almost like you're in a boxing match. It's kind of just jab, jab, jab. They kind of just wear you down. And then boom, they're just kind of going for the, you know, the knockout punch and they can do it with Nick Chubb. They can do it with Kareem Hunt. I don't know. And it kind of feels like they have, it's like two boxers against one essentially because of just how they pound you on the ground with that rushing attack. It's going to be a challenge for the bears. I'll say this though. They, those guys up front, every time we've talked to them, they pride themselves on stopping the run first. They've been able to do that. Like you mentioned for you know the last three to four years, they've had one of the better run defenses in the NFL. This year, this will this will probably be their biggest test. This will no doubt be their biggest test in a long time, um, just because of what the Browns can throw at you with Chubb and with Hunt. In the past, the Bears have seen you know good running backs like Ezekiel Elliott. They've seen you know Aaron Jones in their division, Delvin Cook. They've done good jobs on that. They just nothing like this, which is kind of what worries me a little bit. I do think that's the Browns' identity at the end of the day. Uh, it, a lot will be made of the secondary matchups here versus the Browns' young receivers, but I do think they they will continue to go on the ground, and it's why this offense has been so efficient. They've just pounded the rock in in second half, four teams down little by little. But with that being said, uh, you know, Zach, I want to get you, your take overall on the game. Do you think you know the Bears have a chance to upset here well, you know, you mentioned the spread earlier is sitting at seven and a half right now, or are you feeling good about the cover? Where are you at with the game overall? I don't have a good feeling for the Bears. Um, I'll say this. I think the Bears are going to lose. Um, I think the Browns will cover. If not, I mean, they'll get right there, you know, six, six point game, seven point game. Um, but honestly, like you want to win the game, but everything that's going through the Bears fans, you know, heads right now is Justin Fields. As long as Justin Fields is good, as weird as it sounds, this might be like a, a weird like loser's mentality, but like we are so like we've struggled with quarterbacks all throughout time. Like ever since I've been grown up, I'm 31 years old, 32 years old, and we just haven't had a great quarterback. It's like that's all Chicago fans want. So I'll say if the Bears lose, as long as Justin Fields looks good and gives them hope, I think fans can w- live with that. Um, obviously, you want to win the games, but. For me, I think the Browns are the better team. Um, I, I think this could be, like you said, a get-right game kind of for the Browns' defense. This might be just what, you know, the doctor ordered for them. And for the Bears, I mean, it's just all on Justin Fields. So uh, I'll go with the Browns. I'll say probably Cleveland. Let's go like Cleveland 27, Chicago, you know, 18, 19. I kind of like to throw weird uh, <laughs> weird scores out there. But, yeah, I said the Browns, they'll get close to covering if they don't, though. Browns fans who listen to this podcast will know that I think I'm pretty fair on the Browns. I told, uh, I picked the chiefs to cover the spread in week one. I in fact bet on it uh, at one point, like five months ago, I told uh, on this podcast last week with our guests, I said, don't take the Browns with minus 12. You know, the Texans are going to hang in there and they cover that spread. I am on the opposite side this week. I think the Browns here are going to win by multiple scores. Uh, I did three basic reasons for it. Number one, I think Justin Fields is going to play. And while that might be great for the Bears long-term future, again, I think Justin Fields down the line is going to be a good quarterback. Your first start on the road against the Browns defensive line, I think is a a recipe for disaster for Justin Fields. Frankly, I think he could be in trouble. I think we could see some turnovers caused by the secondary and or Miles Garrett. I think in general, what the Bears, you know, to take advantage of the Browns, 
we've seen it, you know, it's a lot of, of that short to intermediate stuff to take advantage of the linebackers. And then on the flip side of the football, it's, you know, really be aggressive with the receivers. And, and, and so you can stack the box against the run game. I don't think the bears have the personnel to do that on that side of the football either. And then really the ultimate reason I think I'm most confident in the Browns here is, is the coaching advantage. I think, especially if Justin Fields is starting, I think you're looking at one side of the football where, Kevin Stefanski is going to be able to scheme up, solve the Browns' problems on the offensive side of the football, some of their health concerns. I do not have that same faith in Matt Nagy to protect yeah. Justin Fields in week one. So despite picking against the Browns and against their spread the first two weeks, I'll be taking the Browns here 31 to 13. I do think this is a multi-score victory for them. Uh, as I said, man, I mean, you know, I, I try to be fair here, but I, I do think that this <laughs> no. one suits the Browns. I, no, that's fair. I definitely think the Browns are going to win. Um, this is actually a game when the schedule came out. I thought, you know, look at the Bears first four games. If they could get to two and two, I think fans would be happy. Um, the, the Rams game was going to be tough. And then the Browns game, something I point to. It's kind of weird because like it feels like every time the Browns, Bears and Browns play something like not weird, but like there's always an interesting storyline or dynamic. Um, a couple of years ago, it was a Christmas Eve or, or Christmas Day, one of those. Um, mm -hmm. In the snow, um, it was kind of where everyone thought Mitch Trubisky was going to be the next big thing in Chicago. Um, and even before that, I was actually at the game in Cleveland. Jake, 2013, Jake Cutler's first game back from an injury, like very first drive throws a pick in the inner, in the end zone. Um, Bears actually came back and won that game, which was nice. But like it just kind of feels like they always have like a weird storyline or something always happens. But I'm with you, man. I, I do think the Browns are going to win this game. Um, it's just too much for the bears right now. But like I said, the only thing for Chicago fans, honestly, that really like is in their heads is, is just all Justin Fields right now. I, I'm not going to say it's impossible for the bears to pull the upset. I wouldn't say that either. You know, there's a scenario here where Justin Fields with his mobility causes problems for the, you know, the Browns defense in the same way that Mahomes did in the first week, you know, the, the Browns defensive line, I think had 44% pressure rate against Mahomes in oh, week man. one and still couldn't get home a lot of the time. And so you could see that scenario. You can see a scenario where, hey, the backup left tackle, you know, or maybe third string left tackle and Jack Conklin struggle. And that puts the Browns offense in some compromising position. So there is a world where the Bears win. I just lean more heavily toward the other factors, I think, in this one, which is why I do yeah. think the, the Browns ultimately are, are going to come out victorious. I also think, frankly, the uh, the game, the, the the previous games aren't going to be in the Bears' favor here. The Browns struggling a little bit this week against the Texans. You kind of have that nugget to, to keep the team motivated, whereas they might otherwise be overlooking the Bears. So so that's the other piece of it where I would be surprised if they come into this game flat in any way. Yeah, yeah, and that's fair too. I mean, like I said, I, I didn't get a really chance to watch the Browns the, the second week. The first week I thought they played incredible the first half, and then the second half they kind of, you know, let it let it go on their hands but yeah i could kind of see that scenario as well i think that's that's totally fair well on, on that note zach i think we, we we can wrap this one up thank you so much for coming on and before we go tell everybody where they can find your stuff to cover the bears especially because there's going to be a lot of news here ahead of the game that will be very important with both the quarterback and some of the other key injuries yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. Um, the Bear Report on Twitter is just Bear Report. Um, and then you can read my work, everyone else's work um, at bearreport.com. It's, it's part of 24-7 Sports. And we'll have a ton of updates. Um, if you guys are Ohio State fans, obviously you definitely want to check out the, the Justin Fields storylines, which will be huge 
um, this week, but yeah, thanks again, man. I, I do really appreciate it. Um, and best of luck to you guys on Sunday as well. All right. We'll, uh, we'll have to see how it goes, see who comes out on the, on the right side <laughs> there, but Zach, thanks for coming on. And uh, yeah, that'll be it for this episode of the rebuild Browns fans. We'll have a post game recap after this one on Sunday. So we'll talk to you then.